if you cannot go out to other countries for cheap labor and you have to stay at home, well, the labor is expensive. So what we do is automate. So it gives a push to the modernization. It gives a push to Industry 4.0 in the company. So the innovation programs are now more aggressive. And if you look at what that means is, and I was looking into these companies, I, I, I talk with them now at the moment, they do have roadmaps, but they don't have road mapping. They do have portfolios, but they don't have good portfolio management. They do have resources on the right time, but the prioritization of the resources and what they work on, they cannot do very well. And you can see the program could be huge, right? So I gave you ex- examples of areas where they have programs. And programs are series of projects that they do. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're having a great week. We've had a lot of episodes in here in this series talking about innovation in product, mostly bringing new products to market, getting better products, achieving strategy, those kind of things. But there's a whole other side of innovation we haven't talked much about, and that is innovation in production, or you could say innovation excellence in, in the production side of the business. And so I asked my colleague, Hoob Rutten, who's been on the podcast before, to come in and, and share some of the thoughts that that he has and some of the companies he's working with around the production side of innovation. So, Hoob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Good. So, so Hoob, let's break down the, I, I used four words there, innovation, excellence in production. Before we get in, let's talk about, well, what is innovation, what's excellence and what's production? Okay. So innovation is basically the creation of new things, right? And in the production side, there are many new things that need to be created as a whole list. And I will come go into that a little bit later. The excellence is a word, in fact, that I had from a customer of ours who say, okay, we need to be good, very innovative in our plants and the way we produce uh, products. And the sort of innovation excellence and then production is the making of the products and later on the logistics around it and, and everything that goes there. So the making of a product. If you have a car, a car is produced in a plant. All the Most of the, the products that we know are produced in a plant and packaged in the plant and distributed from there. And there is all kinds of complexities around that. And I was triggered basically to, to, to this subject because of the discussion that we had very often around sustainability. And we also had this discussion around, you remember the COVID uh, thing, the speed to cash uh, story, because the customers of ours also had to close plans because the market changed and there were global threats around ships, for instance, and other materials that they couldn't get. So they couldn't really produce and the energy was very expensive at that moment in time because also the war with Russia made oil very expensive and gas very expensive. So that means that, yeah, the plants couldn't produce with with enough margin anymore. And the sustainability thing for me was an, it was a trigger. When we 
develop new products. And then we, then we know that new products should have preferably low carbon footprint. But I can tell you that the low carbon footprint is completely dependent on how the thing is produced. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the, the production side and, and, and the carbon footprint has to have, if, if, if that is fossil intensive, you can design whatever product you want, but it will be not fossil free. And, and if you look at the, the, the challenges that production sites have, that is how to lower the carbon footprint, how to lower the emissions, how to work with, better with the water. That is also a problem uh, because of the climate change. So there are challenges on the production side that are, in fact, independent of one product. So it is for the, all the products that they produce. So they, they have an own program challenge to innovate continuously, basically. And it is this carbon footprint and sustainability and what have you challenge that brought me to the manufacturing side and production side of, of our customers to see and, and look at how they innovate today. And I could compare that with the, how the product side innovates today. And I thought that the production side could uh, learn a lot from the product side. The product side has a long history now in, in innovation. StageGate started already in the 80s, and that was very much on NPD, focused on NPD, new product development. Huh? So that has already a history of, let's say, almost 40 years. That innovation practice that we have built since then, I, I don't see it applied at this moment in time in the production side. And I know that some companies spent more innovation money on production side than on the product side. So there are, there's a, a lot of money involved mm-hmm. in modernizing these plants. And so, so I started to think about how also we from our practice could, let's say, be supportive for this, kind, this side of the business um, in our customer base. This is what brought the theme, let's say, to to life for me. Uh, and then I started to study that a little bit more. And there is, I would say, the McKinsey, Deloitte, all the big consultancy companies, they they spent a lot on the innovation of uh, manufacturing. And so, th- so it is something that is real. I mean, it exists. So, so, so there is kind of a, a market for innovation management. That is what I think. Yeah, I I like with the tie-in the fact that sustainability was a way into it. I, I think you shared some good perspectives there. When I think about products and NPD and the stage gate or whatever methodology you use, uh, but it it was always a large part of it was to prevent products that fail in the market, right? So you try to make decisions that validate that there's a real market need, that we can actually build it, that when it gets out in the market, it will work. So the failures of new products, not so much that you get all the way down through R&D and you can't build, you can't actually create the product, but it fails in the market. 
I would, where would the failures in production be? I can imagine they come up with a new idea to do something. Do they have a lot of failure or do they have a lot of waste of, of doing the wrong things? What are you seeing in terms of the production side of the business? So, look, the portfolio of innovations that they do, it's, it's quite big. And it is technologically spoken, not easy. It's yeah. not easy. And I, I, I give you some examples for that. And then I come back to your questions, if you don't mind. So they do have continuously cost reduction programs. They do have sustainability programs, energy saving, carbon footprint pro saving, water management. They do have industrial automation, robotics, robotics, process digitization, uh, manufacturing flows improvement for plant and process, augmented reality, digital twins, self-monitoring, the use of AI, big data and analytics. That's all industrial automation. Already that field, and we know about software, before you have the software that really works, right? And that really is doing what the end users in the plant need or the engineers in the plant need, that is not very different from making a product for a consumer. So they can also, let's say, misinterpret the needs of their users in the plants. It's the same. And some of that stuff also comes from outside, of course, but a lot of that is internal development. And internal development can also be wrong. They have users. And when they bring it to one plant, they, of course, want to roll it out to 20 plants. So it's quite a big thing that they do. So the risk of failure is big and then they lose the money and they have uh, people that are not happy and so on. Let me go on with this portfolio. So then they have new equipment, machines and tooling, just tooling for the people that work on the line and repair the lights. They have quality and safety programs and they are absolutely complex because the safety programs, the quality programs, they, they have to meet heavy IS, ISO norms, right? So there's not, not, nothing to do that. Then there is a trend in the market where they, they work together with product management more is they try to uh, modularize the products so that they can produce them more easily. So, and the, the modules that they make, that is not simple. They have to contain features or a part of a feature that, and then talks together to another part of the feature, which is not product management. It's not really R&D. It is the plant engineering has a need for modules in a certain way, and which is, yeah. And that is also a big, there are companies doing a, a, a big thing there. Then you have logistics, of course, stock management, just-in-time delivery, the packaging equipment, the downstream transport, and so on. So there is a whole range of themes, I call them themes, of which a big part is related to what is called Industry 4.0. And Industry 4.0 is very much focusing on the IT side, of course, but making plans smart, as smart as possible, efficient because of that, full tolerance of course, that is a big driver for these plant directors, basically, to get in place 
because they compete with the plants of their competitor. Plants compete with other plants. So they are in a very competitive environment. If they are more expensive or they have more carbon or they have what have you, then in the end, the products won't be sold again. They compete with the products. from the, So it is a very competitive, how we say that, element, which is I sometimes I think on the NPD side is underestimated. It says underestimated there. So it's always, and I think it is a crucial element of NPD that the environment where they produce the products is up to date and modern and, and, and so on. Well, and then you have countries trying to shift production or you have companies trying to shift. It's both countries and companies. You see the United States opening chip fabrication plants or trying to. You see companies deciding, am I going to do it in China? Am I going to do it in India? Am I going to do it in you know, wherever? I'm in Taiwan. Am I going to stay there? So, so the competition thing, that's what came to my mind is countries are competing to have manufacturing. Yeah, they try to get them in with subsidies and all that. Huh? Yeah. So all with uh, good contracts. But the point is also that the geopolitical situation that drives at the moment a big change. So many companies are, they are too dependent on China, for instance, for specific raw materials. The whole electrification of the car industry cannot happen without certain materials from China. China says we stop it. They don't say that because they have an interest. But if China says we stop that, boom. You see what happens with the, the Russian energy sector. They blackmail the West with that. So we had to invest in new energy streams. So the plans and the plan directors, they, they have now on their agenda how to be as much as possible independent of geopolitical movements. Yeah. That then is a trigger again for modernization. So they have to do more themselves and they have to be smarter. So it is not, you cannot say, okay, it is uh, cheaper in Egypt than in Germany. We pick up the plant and go to Egypt. It is not that simple anymore. Yeah, yeah it is not that simple anymore. So, and then you say, okay, so the German authorities they say, no, stay here, we help you here. And the American authorities they also say, come on here, I help you here. So the West, the Western world is trying to make the climate for plants better than it used to be and less dependent of the geo geopolitical uh, situations. And, and that geopolitical situation will not go away in the coming 10 years. That will, will stay for a while. So the investments in modernization is, is, is very necessary. So if the plants, we used to go to, to China and so on for cheap labor, right? Or to the Philippines or to Indonesia and so on, and still going on, cheap labor, cheap people, basically. If you cannot go out to other countries for cheap labor and you have to stay at home, well, the labor is expensive. So what we do is automate. So it gives a push to the modernization. It gives a push to Industry 4.0 in the economy. So the innovation programs are now more aggressive. And if you look at what that means is, and I was looking into these companies, I, I, I talk with them now at the moment. They do have roadmaps, but they don't have road mapping. They do have portfolios, but they don't have good portfolio management. They do have resources on the right time, 
but the prioritization of the resources and what they work on, they cannot do very well. And you can see the program could be huge, right? So I gave you ex examples of areas where they have programs. And programs are a series of projects that they do. The way they analyze the competition, they spend time on it, but it's not so easy. The research that they do, they also do research. I looked at uh, of one big customer that we have. I looked at the IP development over the last, let's say, five years. And I would say that 60% of the new patents, they had to do with the new products. And 40%, with new methods of production. Wow, that's incredible. So, so if you go into the uh, free patterns online database, for instance, and you would, would go for manufacturing methods and you type that in, you will see how much innovation is going on in that area. Yeah, yeah. So, Hoob, you, you use the term roadmapping instead of roadmaps, obviously both together. But what do you mean by roadmapping? Well, roadmapping is the process of designing agreeing and maintaining the roadmaps as a view on our strategic planning. So when you plan over multiple years, five years, it's, it's a view on the calendar that you say, okay, these are the, let's say, the thematic initiatives that we have. And for each of the thematic initiatives, we have a roadmap of investments that we do. And that, we do, that has to be delivered then, that has to be delivered then. So it's like a calendar. And you see the in general, in a, more, in, in a roadmap, you have different streams. You have the theme that you have, the strategy that you have, and the real things that you do. And underneath is the, the enabling research. So like we have that on the product side, you have to also have that on anything that you try to create on the, for the plans. And the roadmapping uh, process is mostly done by two or three people who are specialized in that and they organize the meetings and they already set up the analysis. And when there is a portfolio meeting, the roadmap is, is shown and all that roadmapping is a kind of a, a facility that you must have basically to be strategic, to do strategic innovation. That's great. And we had a podcast about that, that we'll put a link in the show notes if people want to learn more about the roadmapping process. And to your point, who if, R&D has figured it out, and we could R&D has largely figured it out. There's still opportunities. We know that. But 40 years working towards what does governance look like? What does portfolio management look like? What does roadmap bing look like? Your points. So they've got this, they're way ahead, I think, or they're ahead. It sounds like production side of, of the business could learn from the R&D side. Or if I flip it, the R&D side, there's always people in a company who are, especially as innovation matures in R&D, there are departments that are focused on R&D, there are job definitions, there are specialisms, there are, it's becoming a, a real business discipline, just like finance and other business disciplines in the R&D side. How can those folks or should those folks approach main, the production side? What is true for the product side is also true for the production side. So you need a strategy. You need a standard way of managing your initiatives and the programs of initiatives. You ha should have a discipline to produce data in a certain way. 
you need to know, like in the product on the product side and R and D side, how do we spend our resources and on, on which projects do we do that and which not and what is priority above what? There's, there is also a shortage of resources on that side, of course. They have their own research, they have their own development crews. Mm-hmm. They also have to implement the stuff, so internal launch. So if you look at the, the process that we have for a new product, and you would go look, it has a, a front end, this front end research on it. Then it is around features and, and, and new software apps or what have you. And then we need to decide, will we implement it? Then they start to do the realization of it. And then they have to launch it internally, you have to train people, documentation. They also have release management, everything. So if you, everything that you have on the product side, you have there as well. So a new piece of equipment or a new tool or a new piece of software in the plant is a new product. It is like a new product. It, 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 has, a re- it has a life cycle. It has to be supported. There's documentation. is a release number and so on. So the, and because that is the same, if you look at it like that from a process perspective and a data perspective and so on, it is the same. It should be not too difficult to adapt the NPD processes that we have to the processes that manufacturing can use. Of course, they're not the same. So we don't have a product for a market and we have a different business case calculation and all that. But if, for instance, if you want to invest in a plant, it has to do in a way with efficiency. It has to do with with, with sustainability and so on. It has to have value in, in, in a different way. So, And it might be indirectly that a cost-saving project, for instance, improves the margin on the product side. So if the price can be the same and the production can be cheaper, you have more margin. Now, suppose you are the, assume that you are the CEO of the company and you look at both sides. You look at the manufacturing side and you look at the product side. You, there are many dependencies. And what we, today, what we have is, we have the product portfolio in a certain way, but we don't have the manufacturing portfolio and, and look at the dependencies between those two. The whole portfolio. I don't talk about single projects. I now talk about the whole portfolio. So if I have a roadmap for my portfolio of products to win a Walmart business in America because of a low carbon footprint, which is a real use case. Absolutely it is. Yes. Then the CEO will say, he knows, they know, my manufacturing processes have to be clean. So if you say my products have a product roadmap for the coming five, year, five years, 10 years, and in general, the whole portfolio that I have should have a low carbon footprint, not one product, no, the whole portfolio has to have, the whole portfolio has to be less risky and dependent on, on, on materials from China. And my whole portfolio in the coming five years has to develop to that independency. Then that has that cannot happen without improving and innovating the plants. And and this is where I see also the need coming from companies to have a better transparency between the two. And it's not on a project by project base. No, it is portfolio versus portfolio. So you will have in in the end a kind of a network of portfolios. Yeah, I, I like this. As we see 
around sustainability, we see companies starting to put a revenue value to just doing sustainable activity. Your Walmart example was a good one. You want the business or not, but there's other ways that companies are saying, hey, we know that if we have sustainable products or a sustainable business, a sustainable message, that's going to be an advantage for us, a competitive advantage, which will lead to financial, a better financial outlook in the future. So you can see the both pieces. It's the products. And we talk about this designing and building sustainable products, but it's also running the company and making the company more sustainable. I have that right? Yes. There's one one challenge that, that I see is that many people in, in those environments, like also in other ones, they, they still think that if they have good project management, that, that will solve the issue, and which is not the case, of course. Although at this moment, they don't have full transparency over innovation projects. Who is doing what, when, status problems, don't have that. They don't have immediate and up-to-date portfolio views, don't have that. They don't predict delays, postponements, risks, and major changes. Standard reporting is, is not there. Uh, automated document management and control is not there, integrated. Approval workflows is not there. The governance is, let's say, has to start, like also on the product side, that has to start still, has to, really has to come. The governance, the real good governance is still an area where we have to do a lot of work, actually. And I think that if you look at the management needs on that level, those for me are not project management needs, but these are like business management. Manufacturing business management. Business Absolutely. Management. That's the right word. Business management. Yep. Yep. So I, I think that there is a need for professional innovation management. I think there's a need for it. There's urgency for it. That's also what I think because of what I told you earlier or because of that geopolitical situation. It is, there is more urgency. They cannot lay back and, and go on like they were used to go on. They cannot do that anymore. So that is so it's, uh, that's why my innovation management eyes <laughs> fell on, on, on the production side. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be a, a great opportunity for over the next coming period to see and to be involved with companies to enhance their innovation in production right? To do a better job, to enhance their abilities to do innovation around their production. I think it'd be a great, a fun place to be, Hoop. We've covered a lot of ground here. Did we miss anything? Is there some kind of piece that... No, I think the, the, the message is, uh, is clear that this is a, an empty prairie. <laughs> <laughs> Greenfield, yeah. No, no, the wolves are not there yet. So <laughs> I think it is interesting to, to see how we can improve the innovation of, of the plants also to serve the business as a whole. Because if they don't improve, they, the boss cannot sell the products anymore. And that is where I see also an important uh, link, also for, for the Sofion business, of course. Sure. Well, Hoop, that was a fun conversation. Let's, keep, let's stay close and keep talking about this as you... Do more with your customers that you're working with as they, as you start to see, well, exactly how do they start to do portfolio management or road mapping or any of these things, front end, how they actually do it in on the production side. And For your podcasts? If for you the podcast, yeah. Listen to other companies. I think McKinsey and Deloitte, they have, they have insights in, in that innovation there. That is very interesting for your listeners, I think. 
Yeah. So I guess that'll be a fun place to look and to follow as we go forward. As always, fun conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing what you're seeing out there and the opportunities that you're seeing. This is not Hoop Rutan sitting in the his living room dreaming this stuff up. You are working with real companies down this path. So I know there's uh, there, there's quite a number that you're engaged with. So thanks for sharing your experiences. No problem. You're welcome. And uh, see you next time. <laughs> okay, Hoop. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. More to come on this topic for sure. Innovation is a fun topic, no matter what type of innovation we're talking about. So I wish you all a great week ahead. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.